Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated February 12th, 2021. I'm Phil Adler. I'm speaking with Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. Today, we look at what appear to be conflicting goals facing the Federal Reserve and why the choice that the Fed makes may favor continued strength in equities, at least in the near term. First of all, Bill, remind us, review for us the policy goals of the Fed. Exactly what is the Fed commissioned to do? Well, the Fed has two official mandates and a third that's generally unspoken, but is part of why a central bank is created in the first place. The first mandate is full employment. This requires the Fed to conduct policy to reduce unemployment to a level of what's called frictional unemployment, which is the workers that are between jobs. The second is price stability, which is a bit ambiguous. It could mean absolutely stable prices, but in practice, it means the prices are stable enough that firms and households don't account for rising or falling prices when they make purchase decisions. And third and unstated is financial market stability. Central banks were created to address bank runs, but that mandate now has broadened to include instability in the financial system that is systemic in nature. All this seems like a balancing act, is it? It is. The employment price stability goal is potentially dissonant, meaning that addressing one may cause the other to worsen. And the mandate for financial market stability can lead the Fed to ease credit when economic conditions don't warrant such a move. What is the dilemma presently facing the Fed? Well, based on the current unemployment rate, monetary policy should be aggressively accommodative, and it is. But this policy is lifting asset prices, uh, financial asset prices, which may create conditions that could lead to overvalued assets and increased market volatility. This kind of conflict is known to economists as the Tinbergen rule. What is this rule exactly? The rule was described by Jan Tinbergen, a Dutch economist who was the first to win the Nobel Prize in economics. The rule is that policymakers need an equal number of policy tools for an equal number of policy goals. Describe a a classic case of the Tinbergen rule. Well, the full employment price stability mandate is a classic formulation. The Fed has one major policy tool, the interest rate. Lowering the interest rate to lift employment in a period of rising price levels means that it is exacerbating the inflation problem. Doing the opposite has the effect of worsening unemployment. So in the present case, the current situation with frothy markets on one side and the prospect of rising unemployment on the other, how did the Fed find itself in this position of having only one policy tool, interest rates? Well, that's essentially the tool it has. Now, it does have some ability to regulate banks and other areas of the financial system. For example, it can change collateral rules for stock margining, and it can also regulate the level of lending to some degree. But it should be noted that the Fed isn't the only policymaker in government. Regulatory policy from other bodies, such as the Comptroller, the Currency, or the SEC, and and fiscal policy itself, could have an impact on the three policy mandates. Unfortunately, the Fed has become the primary regulatory and policy body uh, since the early 1980s. Although the Fed lacks all the tools it needs to manage its mandates, the entirety of government does not. Unfortunately, the rest of government doesn't move with adequate speed. 
Why, Bill, in, in your opinion, is the Fed likely to lean in the direction of keeping employment high at the expense of overheating the financial markets? Well, we think there are two reasons. The first, the Fed knows that employment is politically potent. For most of its history, it has leaned toward managing employment, at least in its rhetoric. It was only when inflation became intolerable in the late 1970s that society was willing to allow the Fed to raise rates high enough to corral inflation expectations at the cost of a deep recession. There is no political support for raising rates to curtail asset prices. Although the economic argument for doing so is defensible, the political support is lacking. Chair Greenspan ventured into this territory in 1996 with his famous irrational exuberance speech, and the negative feedback he received told him and subsequent chairs that this is not an area where they should engage. So instead, the Fed allows asset inflation to rise and then cleans up the mess afterwards. In addition, the general feeling at the Fed is that it is nearly impossible to determine an asset bubble in advance, and so it should not be in the business of guiding the economy in this fashion. Would Congress be theoretically able to help out here, possibly by passing regulations aimed at discouraging excessive risk-taking by investors? Would that give the Fed the, the, the tool that it needs? It could, although that would give the Fed power that Congress may not be comfortable granting. However, Congress could pass laws that change the structure of the financial system to reduce risky activities. It did so after the Great Depression with the creation of the SEC and the passage of the Glass-Steagall Act. After over two decades of extreme financial events, you could see a, a re-regulation of the financial system. I will be writing about central bank digital currencies, which, depending upon how they structured, could have a profound effect on the banking system. Bill, do you think the uh, the GameStop event playing out recently might stimulate discussion about re-regulating the markets or, or implementing some sort of rule like taxing short sales? Well, probably not. The only area you might see some movement is on what is called naked or uncovered shorting, where a short position is entered without actually borrowing the stock. Although the academic literature suggests it isn't as big a deal as it seems, investors are unhappy about it, and that would be a natural development. So to sum up, would you agree that the Fed's dilemma and its probable reaction to it is another reason to expect stock market strength near term? Well, it isn't the only reason to be bullish, but it's perhaps the most important reason. Under conditions of large liquidity injections and low inflation, financial assets should benefit. How might the size of a stimulus plan influence the Fed's decision? Well, if the stimulus plan begins to lift the economy and reduce unemployment, the Fed could, if it wished, start to reduce accommodation. The risk is at that point, asset values could be so high that it triggers a major bear market in stocks and perhaps in housing, which raises the risk of a financial crisis. Thus, we expect a slow withdrawal of accommodation, but even that might not be enough to prevent a pullback of substance. And so, yes, the Fed is caught, and it really needs regulatory changes to reduce asset inflation. And I just don't expect those steps to be taken, at least for the next 18 months. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.